Good morning. I have quite the bone to pick today. So we, I grew up in a location where worship was very conservative. We sang hymns. Um, occasionally we would sing like a couple songs on the projector and then a hymn out of the book. Um, I would walk myself to church. I went to a Baptist church when I was like 10 and um, would almost fall asleep in Sunday school because they would just shut the lights off and turn on a video. There was very little talking about it and a craft or we would just go outside and play red light, green light. There wasn't really any um, learning about scripture and what it means or teaching the value of it or anything like that. Um, when I was a teenager, you know, I kind of got to the point of life of being like, this is, oh yeah, I believe in God, but you know, I want to do what I want to do. And then, you know, that guilty conscience comes in or those morals come in and it's like, no, this isn't right. And you feel that conviction of this is wrong. So instead of fixing the sin and getting rid of the sin, you get rid of the church. And that's what I did. I got rid of the church because I was doing stuff that I shouldn't be doing. And I was okay with that. So I chose world over God. And that's where our teenagers, our young adults are in trouble. Because we've raised them up to sit down in church and kind of listen to the story, to the accounts. And not really put them into perspective. Because one... They barely know anything about the world, as it is. Some of them have gone through traumatic experiences, so they think, you know, why am I wor- I'm not worthy of love, or, or other things, other thoughts that could become very dangerous. And if we solidly ground them as, as solidly as we can in Jesus, then all their problems go to him. So the struggles that I had when I was younger, I didn't have any tools to really understand or or work through those things because my mom really wasn't given any tools to deal with them either. So it was a learning experience for us both. And even now, as I am an adult, I'm realizing more and more that she wasn't equipped to teach me certain things because she wasn't given those certain things. And so figuring out... Um, how to cope with um, heartache and things of that nature kind of on your own like you have to kind of mourn those things and learn those things on your own when you don't have any guidance in how to because you see these romance movies and you know there's trouble 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 then they get together and all this just magically disappears all the problems are just magically gone right so society has has built us up to believe that sleeping around is totally normal and acceptable and that it's morally okay and there's there's so much more going on spiritually in those encounters than anybody wants to accept because now that I'm older and I realize the dangers I get why abstinence is a thing I get why abstinence is is one of the go-tos when we talk about safe sex. 
And I want to go into that, but I want to first go over another thing. Now, what is going on in America in most places that I have been personally, maybe your area is different and that's okay. Let me know where that is, what it's like, but growing up where I did, very conservative worship means like very few people were like raising their hands um, up to God. Um, there wasn't very many um, men that would sing. You know, there, there are very few men that would sing because they just felt like they were being heard or that they couldn't sing well. And then I've been to churches where people are running around because God gave them a freedom that they have never had. And so we can't judge anybody's form of worship because that is something that we don't know what their bondage was. We don't know how heavy it was, how bad it was. So we shouldn't be judging how somebody else worships. If somebody wants to, is, is raising their hands and they are just crying because they're just set free and they are so thankful. Maybe they're running around because they're like, this is the way that they can express themselves that they just feel like is a total praise to God. Now, if things, if things are like disruptive, um, there's a different this is a different way to handle that. So for right now, I just want you to think, I I shouldn't be judging somebody else's worship. If it is a demonic kundalini thing, then that's different as well. That's a demonic presence. If somebody is worshiping so freely that they don't care what anybody else thinks, let them do that. Because you don't know their bondage that they have been freed from. Now, we went to a Pentecostal church. Um, I've gone to Baptist, um, non-denominational, um, another Baptist, a Pentecostal, um, a few that I don't know what their label was. And the only one where I saw that people were freely worshiping without worrying about the person next to them, looking at them or judging them was the Pentecostal church. I'm not saying that all Pentecostal churches are the same and that, you know, they teach a sound, you know, a sound doctrine because I don't, I don't go there. Okay. I can't speak on every single church in America. I'm speaking generally when I say these things. So I grew up hearing, um, them just reading from the Bible and teaching from the Bible. Um, one of the great ways that my favorite pastor that I had growing up, he taught the Bible. And so he gave you context of what was going on at the time, what certain traditions meant, what certain gestures meant, so that you could understand why, why a certain thing could be offensive in that's being said in the Bible. Or, you know, what, what was being said and how it could have been interpreted because if if somebody did something at that time that does it now it means something different because our society has changed and we have we have come a long a long way from that and as far as um social things that are socially acceptable are were not then and so we see a difference so he taught so that you could understand why something was going on at that time 
Now, moving on from that, I want you to listen very carefully. Because some people that are within the church are not going to like accepting something that's true. A lot of them won't. Deliverance is a way that people can be set free from bondage. Now, if you just tell somebody, if you pray, your PTSD can go away. That's not inaccurate. I firmly believe that if you are genuinely wanting to be freed and you are asking God for his help, he will guide you in how to get that help. And also, so we have that, we have, okay, if you pray, you're building a relationship with God, okay? I want you to pray for the good things, pray for the bad things, pray throughout your day and just be like, you know, I, I'm not sure how I'm supposed to do this. I'm not sure how to understand this. Different things. Build the relationship with God. You're putting him into your life. You're going to start to see changes in your life because you want to be closer to him. Now, another thing, if you are a believer and you don't have a relationship with God, there's a problem. You have to have that relationship with him. Now, we're going to move into deliverance. So deliverance is when somebody is set free from a demonic bondage. And that could be a generational curse. That could be a, you opened up a doorway by watching porn. You opened up a doorway by um, doing some, uh, opening a door to witchcraft, um, Harry Potter. Let's be real, okay? These things are socially acceptable in our society. Guess what? The devil, once you... To believe that these things are okay, because in the Bible it says, "Do not do don't do not dip your toes in witchcraft or sor sorcery," and I didn't know that because I didn't grow up reading my Bible. When I finally opened it up and realized what's in it, then you realize that there is a huge lack of communication within the church, depending on where you go. Okay, I'm not saying every church is like this, but if Yours is like this to where like you have not heard this stuff there and you've only read it for yourself or maybe you haven't even read it for yourself. But sorcery and witchcraft are a huge open door for demonic forces to come and wreak havoc on your life. You think that your house has. OK, so let's let's put this into perspective. OK. Um, why did the flood happen? God said that there was evil in the world, right? If you read and you see um, all these things, this, there's, um, you're reading Genesis, you read Noah's story, and then you kind of start to realize, oh my gosh, there was a lot of garbage happening in the world. Well, here's something you need to look at. Enoch is mentioned in the Bible and it specifically says he was with the Lord for 300 years. A lot of people are like, oh, let's just skip past that. It doesn't really mean much. Okay, go read the book of Enoch. You're going to start to see different things. And this is, this is in your own time of opening up your mind to the fact that there is a spiritual war that's going on in a realm that we cannot see. 
right in front of us that that demons are trying to snatch your mind then then that's gonna it's gonna go way over your head when you are spiritually ready to open the book of Enoch or listen to it on YouTube while someone else reads it to you then you should wait if you are ready open it up because then you're going to see that angels the fallen angels that fell with Lucifer came and inhabited the earth you're going to see that in the Bible itself it specifically says that that angels had babies with females and when we realize oh my gosh the flood happened because all this abomination was happening so they were killed off right okay so what do you do with something that is half etern like eternal living and half mortal what happens to that so a theory that a lot of people have is that the nephilim are the children of the angels and the women who were sold to the angels and that when they died in the flood that their souls are just traveling and and they they have no home and that theory also is is that so they're traveling and those are the dumb, those are the demons they want to inhabit a body that's why when you watch videos about deliverance sometimes a demon speaks back to whoever is casting it out. Sometimes it manifests and it's not happy because it doesn't want to leave its home. A door was open there, legal grounds were given, and now it's there and it's present. And some things have to be fasted away. We see in, in Matthew that there is epilepsy that has to be, or seizures, I don't, can't remember right off the top of my head if it specifically says epilepsy but it does say that the boy was seizing he had seizures and that they would just totally take over his body he was also mute so when Jesus heals this child he says his, his disciples say why couldn't we do that and Jesus says this is this has to be fasted and prayed on so how do we know how do we know if somebody needs deliverance and how to do the deliverance first get in your bible and then you can start seeking out information from people that do deliverance so that you can get deliverance yourself because we don't you know you might have done something as a kid or had something done to you as a kid and that's a doorway that was open because that opened a door for that demon from that person to come into you because something happened in their life that led them to do it and now it's in you and so we have to realize that within the American church, we have smothered the fact that Jesus went and cast out demons. He went and cast out unclean spirits. He went and he, he, he went into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil himself, the head of all the bad things. And that, that, there is an evil presence among us in the earth that is continually trying to get you to open doors so that he can take you down. 
This is what some pastors are afraid to talk about because they, some people believe that Christians can't have demons. Christians can have demons. People that say that they are believers in Christ can have demons. People that say, I believe in God. I believe Jesus is Messiah and live an unrighteous life outside of the walls of the church. They can have demons. Um, let's say you're the pastor of the church. You are trying to do everything right. You slip up. You watch a, a, a porn pornography video. That's a doorway. You are now snatched up by the enemy. Does it make the words that come out of your mouth invalid? Not necessarily. However, having something present can obstruct messages. And so something could be given to somebody. And here's an example. I once witnessed a speaker come. He spoke a very awesome message. Shortly after his message, somebody came up to the stage and began to manifest. The manifestation was then unsettling to a lot of people. The reason it was unsettling to a lot of people is because it was a manifestation of the Kundalini spirit, which is a Hindu thing, like a, a Hindu spirit from a way back ritual that the Hindus used to do. And that's why it's called what it is. Now, when that manifested, she this person was trying to give a message. The message could not come through. She said she did not like what was going on. The guy said he didn't like what was going on. However, it continued to go because they, they were there for a reason. They believed this was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, when in fact it was a manifestation of an evil spirit. Now, if you open up a doorway, like you, you can love the Lord with all your heart and open up a doorway for an evil spirit. And you have to fight, fight it and push back against it because if you don't, it can do a lot of harm. It could make you you know, want to punch your husband in the face. It could make you want to choke your wife. Lord only knows what they're capable of because they, they are able to come in because we allow them. I didn't understand this when I first got into like understanding the spiritual realm and all of this, but as more and more sorcerers and witches come to be Christ followers and sounding the alarm against witchcraft and the dark elements of it. I'm becoming more and more aware that the enemy has a plan and he's smart. Oh my goodness. Okay. Let's imagine we're back during the flood and, um, we have become this adulterous generation that does not care about God and we just want to live our lives our, our way. Okay, this stuff is fun. It brings me joy. I get an adrenaline rush from being bad. And so we choose that life separated from God. But what people fail to realize is that God gives you peace. God gives you breath. God gives you all these things that are needed um, 
And here on earth, your physical body is separate from God and you don't care. Like you are out doing whatever you want, just like I was when I was younger and I'm still working on certain things myself. So don't think that I'm coming at you at all. I'm coming to you so that you can evaluate and then you can judge for yourself because I can't do that for you. Only you can. So if you feel a conviction when I say these things, evaluate and figure out, do I want God or do I want the world? Because that's the ultimate choice. You get God and you live for God and you make changes for God and you try to get better for God and you seek to be righteous and ask the Holy Spirit for his help, ask God for his help and really be a genuine person that wants to make that change or you choose the world and you live worldly. You believe that there's a God, you believe that there's Jesus, but you will live so worldly that you wouldn't help a man walking through a blizzard home. We often close our doors, sit in our little box, and we forget about every other person that's out there. We forget that there is a problem and that the only thing to fix it is God. I come to you as a person that struggled with anxiety so bad that I couldn't walk into the doors of a grocery store unless it was barely littered with people. Unless there was just five or six people in the entire store. I come to you as someone who used alcohol to be able to sleep at night because my mind kept racing and it couldn't rest. I come to you knowing that the only way to turn something around is for both people to jump on board and make a change and put God at the center of the relationship. I'm not here saying these things because, man, I've never had any problems. No, I'm here saying I've had all the problems. I've had all the dangers. I've, I've walked a lot of roads. And none of them brought me peace and a sound mind. None of them but one. And so I implore you, if you have not opened up your Bible and read and realize, oh my gosh, there is something greater than just praying away the, the anxiety. All right, sometimes you need deliverance. Sometimes you have to make a change in your life so that you can get over the depression and get through the anxiety and push them out of your body and then feel the attack coming on when it's on its way. Because identifying it's trying to get me is a big factor in if you're going to survive it. Or if you're going to medicate it. A lot of people, have, they think that medicating the depression, medicating the anxiety is the only way. No, we're just suppressing demons now. Let's realize that deliverance can free people from PTSD. Deliverance can, through Jesus Christ can free people from anxiety. Deliverance through Jesus Christ can free people from depression. Maybe you're starting to feel feel a little a little unsettled and you're like, okay, let me go get my, my blood tested. You, you need some certain vitamins. Yeah, sometimes your body needs certain vitamins. If you're, there's nothing wrong with you 
except for the fact that you've got depression, anxiety, PTSD, suicidal thoughts. That's a demon trying to take you down. There's a plan for you and he wants you gone. The, the goal for the enemy is to get you as far away from God as possible. To make you believe that he doesn't exist so that you think that there is no consequence for actions. So that you think that no one is going to come to save you. And the, the bad things happen to good people. This is true. This is true. Bad things do happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to people that are trying their best to get by. Because there's bad stuff along in the world. And doors are open. And then people are attacked by other people. Because that, people has a, that person has a demon. And wants to push you as far away from your God. Christ. Jesus. Your relationship with God. As freaking possible. And it might upset you. But you need to realize that. Hey. Hello. The American church. The general church of America. Has failed me. And not taught me that deliverance. Can free us from demons. That we've opened doors to. That maybe our our ancestors have opened doors to. That's a generational curse. That could be broken. But golly. Let's just pray. Let's just pray and hope. But let's not do anything proactive about it. I hope this opened your eyes because it's so important to realize Jesus sent his disciples out to deliver people and then heal people. He said, go cast out, go cast out unclean spirits. Go heal people. We see healings going on, but where's the deliverance? Where's the deliverance, y'all? Where's it at? Where is it at? We don't see it because it's not practice. We don't see it because it's taboo. We don't see it because nobody knows what they're doing. Well, guess what? There's a generation of people that are rising up, doing deliverance, casting out demons because Satan cannot cast out himself. No, he can't. They can swap it like like these therapists, some therapists. There are some... Um, what are the hypnotists that instead of delivering you from an unclean spirit, they go ahead and they replace that spirit with some other issue. And whether they know it or not is, is between like God knows. And I ask for the discernment to know if that's what they're doing or not. So open your eyes. Not all, not all counselors, not all therapists, not all these things are, bad to the point of you shouldn't go if you need somebody to talk to and you don't have anybody to talk to talk to somebody if you feel like there's a heavy weight and you're like I don't know what to do oh. open the door to God first and realize you know he can take everything away I promise you he can take everything away sometimes deliverance is is necessary so I'm going to leave you with that. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have a church that you go to that practices deliverance. Let me know if you don't. Are you similar to the way that I grew up? Let's let's see how accurate my assumption is about the American church. And then we'll com I'll compile it and I'll share it all with you guys another time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful, blessed day. We'll... Catch you here next time.
Good morning. Thank you so much for coming by. Today we're going to be diving into what deliverance, the American church. The first few minutes, I'm going to explain to you how I grew up and what I noticed throughout traveling with the Navy and going to different churches and just trying to find where we fit in, as well as touching on some really uncomfortable topics as far as like depression, anxiety, PTSD, um, I didn't, I didn't say it, but telling somebody to have, that they don't have enough faith when a deliverance is probably really necessary is so wrong. So, so wrong. Anyway, I hope that you enjoy this message. Be sure to ding that noti- notification bell so that you get notifications when I post a new episode. Thank you so much for swinging by and listening to this. Let me know your thoughts. Email me at rrlwdallas at gmail.com with any stories or information that you are willing to share. You can also leave a comment or a voice message here on Anchor or whatever platform that you are listening on. Let me know what you're listening on here. You can also look at my Facebook page. It's really real life with Dallas Facebook page. And let me know what you thought about today's episode. Also, if you felt like you got some good information here today, I am listener supported. So you can always hop on over to Anchor and click that support button. You can also check out Facebook and support from there. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you here next time. Remember to look into what's available to you and how it compares or differs from the information I shared. I hope you have a blessed week. Stay safe out there.